0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: It's 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up, a couple of updates surrounding floods, the general elections and KLANG MP Charles Santiago.
0: So... uh Charles Santiago, who is currently the incumbent MP for KLANG, has filed an injunction to stop elections from being held during the monsoon season. He filed this in the High Court yesterday. And the respondents in this injunction are Caretaker Prime Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri the Malaysian Government and the Election Commission. He is seeking a declaration that the power vested in the Yang Dipertuan Agong by the Federal Constitution to dissolve Parliament can only be exercised in accordance with Article 41 and 1A, Of the Constitution. So he's asking for the dissolution to be considered null and void because it contravenes Section 41, with the Cabinet not consulted prior to the PM's request to dissolve Parliament. So, Charles is also asking for an order
1: to restrain the Election Commission from taking steps to go ahead with conducting GE 15. And the basis for the judicial review is that the Agong should have acted on the advice of the Cabinet to dissolve Parliament. And based on information gathered, it was clear that the Cabinet didn't accede to the request and that 12 MPs had even written to the King to express their disagreement. So, it's being reported that the hearing of the judicial review has been set for the 20th of October, which Is the same day that the Election Commission are set to meet set dates for GE15?
0: So it's hard to say, right, exactly how this is going to play out uh, considering that the timelines are so incredibly tight across the board. Um, Like you said, the the date for the injunction and the meeting are going to be the same. Um, And at the same time, there's also, well, um, I, I don't know how much more time we actually have to make a change in any of the dates or any of the happenings that are going to take place. But it is... I suppose it's important to actually record or put down on put down as a matter of record that there is a problem uh with the timing of the election.
1: And quite telling that it's um someone like Charles that's bringing this up right because as MS uh, former MP for Klang uh, incumbent MP for Klang it's um it's been a real issue for them. The floods, the, the monsoon season. And according to him in his supporting affidavit, Clang has 210,662 voters. And that last December, when it rained continuously for three days, floods happened uh, in eight states, causing 54 deaths, more than 7,000 people losing their homes, all of which to say, hardly the ideal time for an election to be held. So we will hear more about this from Charles himself after this. But do share your thoughts with us. What do you make of this, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be we'll be joined shortly by Charles uh, Santiago, incumbent MP for Clang So keep it here on the evening edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from monotony. BFM eighty nine point nine. It's just coming up to five twelve. You're listening to the evening edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And today we're talking about an injunction filed by uh, incumbent Klang MP Charles Santiago for the elections to not be held during the monsoon season. Uh, let us know what do you make of this. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is. Charles Santiago. Charles, good to have you with us. So, what was your immediate reaction to the dissolution of parliament?
2: Uh, actually, I was pretty uh, uh, shocked at the decision to, to dissolve parliament, uh, given that we were going to face this massive floods, uh, flood situation, uh, not only really in Slango but throughout the country. I was just thinking, you know, what is the logic uh, you know, of wanting to vote uh, in an environment which is very hostile? and highly vulnerable to most people in the country. Uh, I mean, just this morning, just to share with you this morning, because of the high tide in Klang, I was, out, I was in Klang at about 6.45, 7 a.m. in the morning to look at and also to observe and to help if necessary uh, communities that were being uh, faced with high tide. And this time around, it was 5.4 meters, quite serious. And you can see some of the water is already coming into the land, into, uh, into uh, what do you call it, uh, into uh, 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 resident, uh, residential areas, and together with the rain today, it started flooding. And this community, particular community, which is a well of community, I must say, of thousand people, was stranded because their access road to the main road is flooded. And because it is flooded, and the water is spilling over to the main road, that caused a massive traffic jam right up to the south. Which you know, the last few days has been facing anywhere between an hour and a half hours of traffic because of the flooding. So I ask a simple question. If in an election there's a flood, and worse than this, people are not going to wait for two hours to cast their vote. They're not sure whether the the school that they're going to vote in is flooded or not. They'll make their own decision to go back. And this violates people's constitutional right to vote. Uh, So therefore, the whole point of this exercise is to ensure that voting takes place, the right to vote, uh, is given given to people and is taking place in the in in most pleasant uh, environment possible and definitely not in a flooding environment where there could be a loss of life, or loss of properties and also denying people access to the ballot box.
0: So uh, based on the conversations you've been having, how are client residents feeling about possibly having to go out and vote during the floods?
2: The quick answer is pissed. Really upset them really upset. You should have seen what happened this morning. People were like, just besides themselves. Uh, You know, this is the only access road that we have. And it's flooded. And you can't use a small car to go in. You must have a four-wheel drive. Uh, Some of them have it and some don't. So those who don't have it will not be able to cross, even go to work. Forget about voting. So there are issues that I think uh, has to be considered. And I think uh, the government is being actually quite reckless uh, in going ahead with the uh, the elections.
1: Charles, I'm curious also, um, currently with you being incumbent, what does this mean for the work that you are carrying out in your constituency? Can that continue?
2: Well, I am actually doing it. I, I'm t- technically speaking, I'm unemployed right now. Uh, but I still care for the work that we have already started uh, and also care for the people in Klang. Uh, and therefore, I came this morning, they it's, it's 6.45, 7 o'clock, I was out here uh, looking at some of the places like example, the Jetty, and the jetty from Portland that goes to uh, Pulakatam. Uh Now, this is also another interesting I'm uh, talking about elections and also about uh, about mobility of people. There's only boat service from the jetty from Portland to Pulakatam. And today, this morning, from almost what, uh, I was there about 7 to about 9, nine, to, I left there about 8.30, 8.45, there was no service at all. Which means that people could not come from one, the other side or vice versa. And during an election day, people will not come out uh, to vote because there's no votes. And the tide is very high, and the rains are very high, and that is place flooded as well. So clearly, mobility is going to become a problem. And people also will say, why should I go and you know, kill myself or put myself in a vulnerable position when I can stay at home and watch the television and see who won and who lost the elections? But that is not the point. The Constitution says you have a right to vote. Uh, and therefore, the government has a responsibility to ensure People vote and vote in an environment that's actually conducive and fair and just. And not just uh, having elections when the whole world knows that it is going to be a bad uh, rainy season. That's just the logic I don't quite understand. How come our leaders are not seeing the whole point that this is not the best time? If you look at what's happening in Sarawak, for example, I saw some aerial views of Sarawak. I mean, it's flooded all over the place. Sabah as well. Anjong Karam. Klang, uh, uh, and, and also in K- uh, Kuala Lake and So uh, what is the message here? You are actually having an election in a hostile environment. There are no guns and fire, but clearly water is very hostile. Flooding is a hostile environment. So should you have elections? I ask you guys, I ask people to uh, you know, make a decision on this matter.
0: So, if we look at the injunction um, that you filed to stop the elections, can you talk us about uh, talk to us about the grounds on which the injunction is being put forth? Uh, basically, there are
2: three uh, sets of issues. Uh, the first issue is one: it contravenes the decision to dissolve uh, parliament, uh, parliament contravenes uh, Article Forty One, the Federal Constitution. Uh, the Federal Constitution, quite, I have it part of me actually, so right there, uh, and um, uh, it actually clearly says that you need cabinets uh, uh, advice to the to the king must be based on a cabinet decision It's quite clear yeah. no no ambiguity on that uh, and uh, and all the general authority of the cabinet the cabinet must have had a say must have had a discussion and have some kind of a, a decision was made but clearly as you can see uh, 12 members uh, of the 12 members of the cabinet had written separately to the king. Uh, and also, the uh, acting or the cabinet uh, sports minister said that uh, Parliament has not been consulted. I mean, sorry, cabinet has not been consulted. So clearly, in this case, it's a contravention, in my view. And I've also sp- spoken to constitutional lawyers who concur with the view that uh, that this is actually a clear violation.
1: So I suppose the main question here is whether the courts have the power to overturn what is both the PM and the Agung's decision. Could you clarify on that point what the courts actually have the power to do?
2: Well, the courts have to behave like courts. I mean, they have to make a decision based on the constitution, the spirit of the constitution, uh, and not, uh, not, not make a political decision based on the fear of uh, you know, the authorities, so to speak. The court has to make a decision based on the, on the law the law. Uh, I think the way the decision was made by uh, uh, the Chief Justice Tunku Maimon was following the law. I think she set the tone and I think that tone should be carried on in this kinds of discussions. Mm-hmm. I understand this is a massive decision that I recognize, but I think it has to be done. It has to be done and let the courts actually make a decision on this matter. I, I must say, uh, Sharmila, I must say, uh, after I filed this case, and the thing became, uh, I, I don't know, somehow I got to leave. It was leaked last night. I don't know how that happened, uh, and the co- and the, the, uh, the lawyers only filed it late in the evening. And at seven seven thirty, I got a SMS from a media saying, hey, "Did you do this?" And I say, "How did you get it?" I mean, this is so fast. So yeah, when you leak out, I have now people telling me, "Should they also file cases like that?" So in my view, every Malaysian has to file the case. But tell whoever whoever the case may be that this is not acceptable that lives come first. Lives uh, need to be protected, not to be compromised even during an election.
0: Given uh, that there is a very short window of time uh, that, that we're looking at, right, when can we expect an outcome on this?
2: The courts will hear the uh, case on the 20th of this month. It is, in, uh, interestingly, the same day that the uh, Elections Commission will announce Nomination and the polling day. Uh, I just also must share with you. I have written a letter on third uh, October to the Suruhanjaya Pilhan Raya, essentially asking them what are your plans uh, to manage a flood environment during elections. What are your plans? I sent it to the chairman. I sent it to all the commissioners. Absolute re- uh, uh, drop silent. No re- no response at all. Then on the tenth, uh, first letter was the third, the second letter, follow-up letter was on the 10th, 10th uh, asking them, hey, you have not responded to my letter, can you please tell me uh, what are your plans? Uh, how how bad are you to manage floods, you know, schools, you know, schools are flooded, road, access roads, access to the schools are flooded, uh, if communities are flooded, we can't get to the, to the, to the uh uh to the uh, to the polling stations. Do you have a plan? Do you have boats? Do you have enough boats for example though? You know uh absolute silence though. So, and my view is the silence is because they don't have a plan. Uh because if they had a plan, at least they would have acknowledged my, my email to them saying, yes, we have already thought it wrong. So sometimes this when there's such a long uh, silence that you just have to assume that they don't have a plan.
1: One alternative that's been suggested is that the Argon can declare a state of emergency during GE15 in the case of major floods. So campaigning and voting would be postponed to a later date. What do you make of this idea?
2: I, I'm not sure whether to laugh about this or to try. I mean, this is not an idea. You know, you know, your bomber has told you, your Max Malaysia has told you. Other agencies have said don't have an election during this period. But you still have it. Uh, and the only way out is to have an emergency. I mean, look, is this a, is this a logical thinking? The professor does, hasn't got it anything up to the head. I mean, clearly, everybody is telling you, the authorities, agencies involved in weather management are telling you, don't do it. So what is the logic of saying, if at all if it rains, then you declare emergency. And, and and what is the logic? We still have another eight months to go. Why the hurry? Why the hurry and who are we protecting?
0: So, with all that said, with the acknowledgement that the floods, um, you know, aren't going to adjust their timing for us, uh, talk to us about the flood preparedness programs that are underway in Klang.
2: Uh, we did a couple, uh, two, three programs already this far. The first program is actually uh, a flood walk. Uh, this, we were doing a trial run where we brought about 10 to 15 young, uh, young people, uh, uh, go to school, some of them in the universities, some in the high schools, uh, some who are already working, to look at what's in the drain. So we took them to Taman Malawi as well as Bayou Padana, and got the local community to talk to them about the flooding experience uh, and also to look at the drains, what exactly is in the drains. What we saw in the drains was one, pots, flower pots, your motor bicycles, your plastic bottles. A whole lot of plastic in there, and I can go on and on. But the whole point is to create an awareness that uh, we, as uh, we as business people, we as households, we as individuals, have a responsibility to keep the drains clean as possible, and only and ensure that only water uh, uh, flows in the drain and nothing else. So we started the first one in uh, in, uh, uh, in, uh, Vayu, uh, in uh, and also in Kamalawis. Kama and then the next one, uh, we are planned, we were planning to do, in uh, in, uh, which is at the closest to the, uh, to the sea. It gets flooded most of the time because it's, it's proximity is close to the sea. Uh, but unfortunately now parliament has been, uh, uh, dissolved. So I don't have a, don't have the, the you know, the authority, but we still will go ahead now to get people to use our alimat to the program. The second, uh, was uh, last week. Where we had a capacity building program involving about seventy or eighty leaders from uh, resident associations, NGOs, uh, about what you need to be doing, what you need to be doing in in the case of a a flood, Uh, the level of preparedness, who you need to call, uh, those those kinds of stuff. Uh, It was it started from I think six six thirty, and then it went up to about nine nine thirty. So it's quite good, quite engaging. And at this time, we are now coming up with this uh, pamphlets here. Which again uh, here, uh, which basically gives you all the information that you need, uh, so that you can actually uh, keep it with you uh, and use it uh, when there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, and the, the, when whenever, whenever you require. It. The fourth is actually uh, looking at challenged people in communities, because uh, nobody is going to help them. Uh, sometimes they are with elderly parents. Sometimes parents themselves are challenged. Uh, so, therefore, to set up a network within the company uh, itself, that will, as soon as the flood happens, they know who to reach out first, get them out of the house, uh, get them to, the, uh, you know, to, a, to a safe environment or get them to a hospital or to a family a family member or something like that. Uh, this has to happen. I'm, I will be, still be there, but I don't have the authority of the, of the member of parliament anymore. But, but the work will carry on. The work will carry on. So I'll be there. You'll see that some of this is happening. But the but the but the problem is we need a long-run solution. This is all short run, uh, very, very uh, uh you know a one-off kind of solutions. But the long run, we had a seminar early this year where we were told very clearly that Clang needs a new drainage and irrigation system. No way around it. No way around it. Uh, and therefore, we obviously actually had some meetings with consultants, uh, with people who are familiar with the terrain. And uh, we have actually handed over a proposal to the state government, uh, and we are still talking to them. Uh, so this is requires tons of money, uh, and uh, also support from the federal government. But we have already started the process. Uh, so that is the long, no long one.
1: Charles, what would you like to leave us with?
2: Uh, <laughs> good question. Though uh, I think basically life is important. I don't have to emphasize that point. And I think every effort has to be made to protect life. Uh, and I think. An election where life can be compromised, property can be compromised, uh, is not advisable.
1: Charles, thanks for speaking with us today.
2: Pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the invitation.
1: That was incumbent MP for Clang, Charles Santiago, um, speaking to us about an injunction that he has filed uh, to stop the GE from happening during the monsoon season. Let us know, what do you make of this? You can call 777 WhatsApp or voice note 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.